Amen. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, our Father and our God, thank you. Thank you for your power at work in us. Thank you for your spirit that dwells in us. Thank you for revelation of your word. Thank you because as we study, much more will be revealed. Much more will be revealed. Lord, we ask that by your spirit, no form of error here. Preach and teach, precision and accuracy, no boldness and utterance. The eyes of our understanding is enlightened, flooded with the revelation of your Son, Jesus Christ. That we are edified and changed, that we are trained as laborers, as soldiers and builders. By your Spirit, only your name remains glorified. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God's vision on the earth. Six. God's vision on the earth. I believe it has been a smooth ride. Alright, 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4 from verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we do not lose hearts, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness or handling the word of God, or handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe. Lest the light of the glorious gospel, of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your born servant for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And we discussed last week how revelation works. You know, when we see blindness, we know it is spiritual there. It's a spiritual with blindness. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Satan has blinded. Who do not believe. So, there is a veil on their faces. I mean, a spiritual one. A spiritual one. That's figurative of how much unbelief they have towards the gospel. So we saw last week, and when we see these things, we don't just take it literally, no. When we saw Genesis 1, we saw that Moses was not explaining science to us. He was not explaining Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, no. Solar systems, science, physics, no. Not agriculture, no. What was he explaining? The revelation of light. That light, Jesus Christ, coming into the world to die. Raised from the dead that we might be saved. Okay, so, when we say blindness, we must know that it is a spiritual labor to remove the veil of unbelief. Spiritual one. A spiritual labor. I already explained what laborers do. Matthew 9, Remember? laborers we are laborers so it's a spiritual labor to remove the veil of unbelief so therefore because it is our preaching that christ is risen from the dead when they believe that's when they are saved right and that veil is removed right okay so we must know that the preaching of the gospel is not a natural activity you're not just sharing 
a news that is just false. Probably someone made it up. No. Paul calls it the power of God unto salvation. That is God's own ability to save. It's found in that message. That gospel. Hopefully. So it's not a natural activity. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. So never see your preaching as a natural activity. Yeah, just talking to someone. No matter how natural it may look, you are speaking the power of God. Speaking the power of God. Because it's a spiritual labor to remove this veil of unbelief. Men cannot see yet. So our job is to remove that veil. That they may see the light. It is a spiritual one. Are you following? So how, how is this done? How does this work? No, Paul mentioned something. I, I already talked about the theme of this epistle. Paul has been using his experience, him and his disciples, their experience in ministry as doctrine. For the Corinthian church, that is, he's using these experiences to teach them. You know, First Corinthians one calls it comfort, that it may bring comfort, that they may be edified by comfort, exhortation. You get it. You get it. And so when we roll to the tenth chapter, as we call it, to the tenth chapter. Now we read. Now I pour myself and pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who is in. Who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent, absent and bold towards you. But I beg you, when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. As if we walked according to the flesh. So, this is kind of like a defense that my ministry, what we did, the boldness and all, is never natural. We did not do any of it of our own accord. Only by the Spirit of God. You see verse 3 now. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. So Paul is saying, although it looks as if we are just preaching a message, nothing supernatural about it. Paul is saying, we do not walk. Notice that word walk. Walk. A spiritual warfare. A spiritual warfare. We do not walk according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity captivity to the obedience of christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled when your obedience is what is fulfilled in first corinthians 3 we saw that this new creation work this laborous work is a building is a building now we've seen it is a war <laughs> you know that strong good you know is translated from the greek word okuroma o-c-h-u-r-o-m-a o-c-h-u-r-o-m-a you know when we say strong we are talking about something like a huge wall something like a castle just like the wall of jericho brought down something like a huge wall strong gold strong gold strong 
monuments, you know, strongholds, like a castle kind of thing. So bringing down, pulling down strongholds, pulling down strongholds. And so that word obedience there means hupakoi, it means compliance. That is attentive acne. Compliance, attentive acne. H-U-P-A-K-O-E. It means compliance. That's in verse verse 5 and 6. Yeah. Okay, verse 5. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So when we see obedience, we know what's happening. So when you talk about compliance, that is attentive hackney. It means it is a hearing. So they hear a message and they hack into it. Attentive hackney. Attentive acne, that's the obedience there. So the obedience is by faith, and the obedience is against unbelief. By faith and against unbelief. Attentive acne. And so that word disobedience, parakoi, P-A-R-A-K-O-E. That is inattention, that is not giving attention, not yielding, not hackney. So hackney to what? To what God has done. <laughs> In Christ. So what God has done in Christ. So can we call it hackney to the salvation work? Hackney to faith in the salvation work? Hackney to the salvation work? Faith in the salvation work? Yes. We can call it that. Hackney. So the obedience there is a hackney. A listening and obeying. That is yielding with your ears. Faith. Faith. To what God has done in Christ. Now I'll read that verse 6 again. I'm being ready to punish all disobedience. That is all inattention. When your obedience is fulfilled. That when there actually means as long as your own obedience is fulfilled. So as long as you are saved. You'll be able to punish these works of darkness. So, if you are saved, you are qualified for this war. You are automatically a soldier in this war. Are you following? Are you following? So, to what God has done in Christ, that's the Greek word, hotan. That's when, the Greek word, hotan, H-O-T-A-N. As long as your own obedience is fulfilled. So, you yourself, you have hackened. You believe by faith. So, now, others will be able to believe it is a warfare so this is a building and a war a building and a war a building and a war let's go to Ephesians 2 verse 19 to 22 Ephesians 2 Let's quickly see some of those places from verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. So, together we are a temple. Holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirits. So we are already built, salvation work, and now we are being built. We are being edified in the new creation work, building the church of Christ on the earth.
you get what Paul is trying to say here. Okay. So, it is a building and a war. Go to the fourth chapter, Ephesians 4. We'll quickly run through what we saw before. We've seen it before. We'll see it again. From whom the old body joined and knit together, verse 16. From whom the old body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Every joint supplies. According to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love <laughs> edifying of itself in love a building we move on verse 6 now chapter 6 rather from verse 10 it says finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we do not wrestle does that sound like a word to you? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the old armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, I told you this is an epistle. So what he says in chapter 6 would have been built on what he said in chapter 4. Standing what? What war? What warfare is that? The warfare of the building in chapter 4. A building in chapter 4. A warfare in chapter 6. He's saying the same thing. Having done all to stand. I'm following. So it is a building and a warfare. So when he, he actually mentioned, I think I should run through the rest of it. Verse 14, stand therefore having gathered your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all fairy darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, for me, that utterance and boldness may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to. A building and a war. And I told you how that these apostles are building on what the prophets said before. They are building on that revelation. What was promised is now fulfilled. But as much as it is fulfilled, there is something else to be fulfilled. When the whole earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, that is yet to be fulfilled. But what has been fulfilled is what God has done in Christ. So the prophets of old will build, will promise, will prophesy concerning what is yet to be fulfilled. Jesus has not died and resurrected those days. But in this, which we are building upon that one, What is yet to be done is what we speak about. Hope you are understanding. Hope you are understanding. So that is just one thing we must take note of. I already explained last week. When we see those words, we must see revelation, not stories. Let's quickly see when, we, when he talked about the breastplate of righteousness. We already saw that Isaiah 59. Let's quickly run there. Isaiah 59. We'll quickly run there. 
And he said, The Lord saw it and displeased him. Verse 15, that there was no justice and saw that there was no man. And one that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him and his righteousness, his own righteousness, it sustained him. Are we there? Are we there? So when we now see verse 17, for he put on righteousness as a breastplate. This is Christ. And a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Vengeance there means judgment. Whoever is not saved will be what? Will be judged. Do you get it now? Do you get it now? So Christ took his work as a warfare. That is what Isaiah is describing. He fought the war as a soldier. And now, Paul will now use that same approach, that same illustration of the attire of a Roman soldier to teach the new creation war. The new creation war, the warfare. That's the same thing he would do. That's the same thing. So, what am I saying? A building and a warfare. A building and a warfare. So, Paul uses the outfits of a Roman soldier to describe the war. He was in prison. He would use an illustration, something he can relate with, something so close. He must have seen a Roman soldier and he began to pick okay, their helmets, their breastplates. He's describing the warfare for the gospel. So, if you read, you might be carried away by the details, thinking there are different things. Our uh, helmet means this one, breastplate means this one, but the truth is that in summary, I won't go into details of that for now, but in summary, we fight by preaching the word of faith. Read through it again. Go back to Ephesians 6 and read through the warfare of the, the attire of the Roman soldier. Ephesians 6, we see that in summary, we fight by preaching the word of faith and praying in the spirit. That's what Paul was trying to say. Preaching the word of faith. Praying in the spirit. That is how we fight. We build. We fight. The soldiers. Also, <laughs> Paul uses the outfit of a Roman soldier to describe the war. So in summary, we fight by preaching the word of faith. And praying in the Holy Ghost, that's the same thing that Jude will say in his epistle. Building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. What did he say in verse 3, Jude 3? He said we should contend. I am writing because of our most common salvation. Our common salvation. We should contend earnestly. Contend earnestly. Quickly run there. Jude 1. So the reason why he will say, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost is in verse 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. So contend earnestly. That's a war. Contend for the faith. So... So Paul's imprisonment, <laughs> you see, after he said praying always, love, prayer and supplication in the spirit, and what would give unto this end? I said, for um, for me, that utterance may be given, that I may 
speak boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel so paul's imprisonment itself by the unbelieving romans is part of the strongholds he said in second corinthians 10 high thing what exalts itself against the knowledge of god so these strongholds and we read it we won't see it as the castle that it actually means we will not see it as what the weapons of our warfare are not carnal it is no longer a physical thing it is no longer a physical obstacle it is now unbelief whose mind the God of this world has blinded, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine on them. Paul now gives them an illustration of this war. He used himself as an example. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now see an example of these principalities and powers. Let's go back there. Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. For me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Remember, ambassador. Remember, ambassador. Second Corinthians five. Who remember? Second Corinthians five twenty. Ambassador in chains. He was in prison. That in it I may speak boldly, as I ought to speak in chains. Strongholds. Strongholds. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Casting down arguments. So the warfare is a spiritual warfare. How do we fight? Preaching the word of faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. So, we saw last week how that the Holy Scriptures were what these guys, these apostles, these men, that was their own textbook. That was their that was their Bible. Holy scriptures. There was no Matthew, no Luke, no Acts of the Apostles, no Romans, no Galatians, no Thessalonians. It was Genesis to Malachi. So when these apostles used some words, we saw how that Breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation. Those are words Isaiah used. Paul has studied the book of Isaiah. He will now use those terminologies in his epistle. That is how they all did. So, it is good practice when you see a word in the New Testament. Look for where that word is used in the Old Testament. Look for where it is used. And now see the application in the Old. And now compare it with how it is applied in the New is how to understand these words don't just take them up and insert your own meaning there remember we do not see stories we do not see natural things we now see the revelation through his holy spirit we see it clearly now do you understand do you understand so we're going to see one of the things we we mentioned solomon's kingdom mentioned that right so we are going to see God's covenant with his father David. First Chronicles 17. From verse 1, it came to pass when David was dwelling in his house that David said to Nathan the prophet, See now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under tent curtains. 
Then Nathan said to David, Do all that is in your heart, for God is with you. But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus is the Lord, you shall not build me a house. Note the word build. You shall not build me a house. In Ephesians 2 that we read, what was the house? We are now the house, right? But the house those days was what? Physical, right? The house those days was what? Physical, right? Okay, we read on. You shall not build me a house to dwell in, for I have not dwelt in a house since the time I brought up Israel. So when he says an I, what is he referring to? The Ark of the Covenant. That was significant of God's presence. I've not dwelt in a house since the time that I brought up Israel, even to this day. But I've gone from tent to tent, and from tabernacle to another. Wherever I have moved about with all Israel, I have ever spoken a word to any of the judges of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus is the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, from following the sheep to be ruler over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I have made you a name like the name of the great men. Know that word name? Name of the great men who are on the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel. I will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own. And move no more, nor shall the sons of the wicked oppress them anymore, as previously, since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel. Also, I will subdue all your enemies. Furthermore, I will tell you that the Lord will build you a house. David suggested to build God a house, but God has turned the table. He said, I will be the one to build you a house. Remember his own arm, right? His own arm, right? That's pretty prophetic. I tell you that Lord will build you a house. And it shall be when your days are fulfilled, when you must go to be your father, that is when you die, that will set up your seed. Notice that was seed. So when Paul uses seed, you come back here i will set up your seed after you who will be of your sons and i will establish his kingdom he shall build me a house he shall build me a house and i will establish his throne forever i'll be his father he shall be my son i will not take my mercy away from him as i took it from him who was before you and i will establish him in my house and in my kingdom forever and his throne shall be established forever he said forever. So would that be referring to Solomon? As much as that was. Speaking of Solomon, in a way. Actually, that was speaking of Christ Jesus, the King of glory. Because Solomon's kingdom is not there anymore today. So the forever will be for who? Jesus Christ, who is in that same lineage. So when he says a seed i will set up your seed after you he's not referring to solomon that was jesus christ who will be of your sons and i will establish his kingdom so solomon was a figure but the real prophecy the real fulfillment was jesus christ and he said he shall build me a house jesus christ will do the salvation work my own arm building 
Are you getting it now? Are you getting it now? Are you getting it now? So go to, you know those words, who we'll connect it all together. Go to ch- chapter 22, First Chronicles 22. First Chronicles 22. From verse 1, then David said, This is the house of the Lord, and this is the altar of bond offering for Israel. So David commanded to gather the aliens, that is, the strangers who were in the land of Israel, and he appointed masons to cut hewn stones to build the house of God. So David was ready to build, Abby. And David prepared iron in abundance for the nails of the doors of the gates and for the joints, and bronze in abundance beyond measure, and cedar trees in abundance for the Sidonians and those from Tyre brought much cedar wood to David. Like Tyre was really rich in all these raw materials, and that's where Solomon got a lot of his raw materials. Verse 5. Now David said, Solomon, my son, is young and inexperienced, and the house is to be built for the Lord, which is to be built for the Lord, must be exceedingly magnificent, famous and glorious throughout all countries. I will now make preparation for it. So David made abundant preparations for his death. Then he called for his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. And David says to Solomon, My son, as for me, I was in my mind to build a house for the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me saying, You have shed much blood. Does that sound like Uriah? And I have made great wars. You shall not build a house for my name because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight behold a son shall be born to you who shall be a man of rest and i will give him rest from all his enemies all round his name shall be solomon for i will give peace and quietness to israel in his days he shall build a house for my name and he shall be my son and i will be his father and i will establish the throne of his kingdom over israel forever as much as solomon was that seed as much as solomon was that son the real fulfillment was Jesus Christ. So Solomon built a physical temple. Jesus Christ built a spiritual one. The church. The church. The church of Christ. Holy temple. Remember that Ephesians 2 19 to 20. We read. We are now that holy temple. Members of the household of God. Members of the household of God. So see, I want you to see God's plan in these two texts we've read. So when Saul threw that javelin spear to David, what can we call that? <laughs> the weapons of our warfare are not canon. So the javelin spear was physical. Today, it is prayer, the word of faith. So to truncate God's plan, what would the devil do? He will move, he will move someone like Saul. Who is rebellious? Someone who doesn't take God at his word. He will now move that person to kill the David so that there won't be a Solomon. If there is no if there is not a Solomon, there won't be a Jesus. So the weapons of our warfare, the principalities and power, those days we will now fight with spears and swords and arrows. But today, Paul is saying the weapons of our warfare are not canal. So the devil will now use Saul. So that is a high thing. A stronghold. 
casting down argument, anything that exalts itself over the knowledge of God, above the knowledge of anything that exalts. So that Saul's attempt to kill David is a stronghold, a high thing. You get the point. 4 Samuel 15 verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin as as the scene of witchcraft for rebellion rather okay let's quickly see there first corinthians 15 no you must say it as it is you must say it as it is every participle every syllable matters first samuel rather for samuel 15 for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, does that sound like unbelief? He also has rejected you from being the king. The devil will now walk these principalities and powers will now walk through these men like Saul. You get it? So this was God's plan to establish his kingdom forever through Jesus Christ. Through that temple he will build, that holy temple he will build, who we are today. Do you get it? So it was a physical spare, physical javelin, physical wars those days, but today it's the prayer and the word. Praying in the Holy Ghost, preaching the word of faith. Let's see another Old Testament text. Let's see, we saw Nehemiah last week, right? We saw that how that his building was 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 under attack by Sambalat and Tobias. You know, even in the book of Ezra, they they, <laughs> they began to write to the kings that these folks, <laughs> these guys, if they complete this temple, they are going to overthrow your kingdom. They are not going to listen to you again, or they are going to be more mighty. <laughs> We are going to be mightier than you, you know, in the days of King Cyrus, King of Persia, you know, all those things. You read through Ezra, you see it there. Nehemiah, you see it there. They wrote letters. But let's see the, the attempt of another high thing. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Another high thing, Nehemiah 4. Oh, this is a long one. So I will be fast to just read through the whole chapter Nehemiah 4 verse 1, but it so happened when Sambalat heard that they were rebuilding the wall that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? These weaklings. Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? That's worship. Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burnt? That is, this this wall they are trying to build was already put down when they were carried as captives into Babylon. Verse 3, now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him and he said, Whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Here are, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their now. This is um this is the people of God praying, okay, talking to God. Here, here 
O our God, for we are despised on their reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity and do not let their sin be blotted out from them before you. For they have provoked you to anger before the builders. So we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. For the people had a mind. We explore that. One mind. They had a mind to walk. Now it happened when Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored. They say they've almost, they're almost done. Ah! It remains small. Now they want to double their efforts. They're being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed. That they became very angry and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer. Does that sound like Ephesians 6.18? We made our prayer to our God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Does that sound like watch and pray? Okay. Then Judah said, the strength of the laborers, Matthew 9, you remember, is failing. And there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. Okay. And our adversary said, principalities and powers, right? Remembers, okay. They will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. They don't want them to finish the building. <laughs> come into their midst and kill them. So it was when the Jews who dwelt near them came that they told us ten times, From whatever place you turn, they will be upon us. Therefore, I positioned men. Now, this is Nehemiah talking. He's the governor here. Therefore, I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings. And I said the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. These are carnal weapons. Physical ones. Do you get it? Do you get it? But today, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Do you get it? And I looked... And I rose and said to the nobles, to the leaders and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren. That family. Your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. And it happened when our enemies said that it was known to us that, and that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to work. The wall, everyone to his work. All of us returned to work. All of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction. While the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and war armor. And the leaders were behind. So they were building and fighting at the same time. Building on a wall. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and the other hand held a weapon. <laughs> building and warfare. Every one of the builders had his sword gathered at his side as he built, and the one who sounded the trumpet, that the trumpet of war, was beside me. Nehemiah. Then I said to the nobles, the rulers, and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive. We feel the earth, right? We feel the earth, right? That's our work, right? The new creation work, right? We feel the earth, right? The work is great and extensive. And we are separated far from one another on the wall. 
Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. Why? We are afraid. Verse 9. <laughs> we are afraid. So we labored. Matthew 9, remember? So when you see these words, just unify them with the New Testament. So we labored in the work. And half of the men held the spears from daybreak until the stars appeared. So does this sound like one accord? They did things in one accord, Acts of the Apostles. Until the stars appeared, at the same time, I also said to the people, Let each man and his servant stay at night in Jerusalem, that they may be our guard by night, and a walking party by day. So neither I, my brethren, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me took off our clothes, except that everyone took them off for washing. They did not have time to change clothing. As they were building, they were fighting. The work had to be done. <laughs> the work had to be done. So eating and washing could not take the place of building and fighting. The same way Axi says, we will not leave the word of God and serve tables. And not only give ourselves to prayers and to the ministry of the word. We won't stop. Won't be distracted by natural things. It will sound so logical. It will sound so. Yes, now my work, career, academics also important. God is interested in it too. Make no mistake. But that must not be a distraction. Devil uses things like that that are justifiable. Things that are justified. It sounds like a very very reasonable excuse. <laughs> justifiable to distract you from the building and the warfare but don't be eating and washing see they did not have time to change clothes only when they quickly wanted to wash <laughs> do you get it do you get it so let's see acts 4 you can see the same attitude they had a mind to work remember 4 verse 6 they had a mind to work in one accord run to acts chapter 4 Acts 4, we'll see the same attitude of building and fighting in the early church. Acts 4 from verse 29, now they prayed. This was after they were, (laughs) oh my God, they threatened them not to preach again. And they went back rejoicing. And when they now went back. To their brethren. You see verse 29. Now Lord look on their threats. <laughs> Praying in the Holy Ghost. And grant to your servants. That with all boldness. They may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your servant Jesus. And when they had prayed. The place where they assembled together was shaken. And we all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word of God. They preached the word of faith. And they prayed. This is the warfare and the beauty. See the attitude they had. Verse 32. Now the multitude of those who believed. We have one heart. Does that sound like Nehemiah 4, 6? We have one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own was his own but he had all things in common and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the lord jesus what do we preach jesus is alive risen from the dead 
and great grace was upon them all nor was there anyone among them who lacked for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles feet and they distributed to each as anyone had need this is the kind of a world i want to see where our career is established on god's work they did their physical work for a spiritual work they did it for an eternal glory what was their drive in their career the academics the spiritual building and the warfare they brought it all to church the church the church of god on the earth this is the kind of world i want to say when the glory fills the earth that there is no more space again no space everywhere is a church everywhere everywhere that is god's vision he doesn't want any space of carnality no so the schools will find his roots in the church the companies will find their roots in the church Everything, everything will find their roots in the church. The petrol station find their roots. That is what God, the whole earth is filled. So when you walk into any room and say you want to hold prayer meeting, oh, feel free, come on. <laughs> the whole earth is filled. Hallelujah. That unity is there. Look at them. They had one heart, one soul. Those that were working, laboring in their career, they will get harvest, yam everything bring it to the church no one lacked the reason why it is difficult for us to balance physical things you no know, our natural our career our academics our spiritual work is because it has deviated from this pattern it is now seen as two different things where we work here and then we serve god here but god's will is that it is all united Hallelujah. That is the kind of world I want to see. That is God's vision. He created you for a spiritual plan. Natural things must not distract. Natural things are part of his plan too. Yes. But the thing is that it has to be founded on what God has done. That's why it is difficult to balance. Because it was not made to be balanced. It was made to be in one accord. Together. But we'll do it. We'll make it happen. By the power of the Holy Ghost. We have the ammo, right? We have the ammo, right? We have building materials, right? <laughs> so as we fight, we build. Remember Nehemiah 4? They didn't give room. They didn't give room. They did not. They're fighting. <laughs> they were building. As they were fighting, and in chapter 5, we saw that the building was full. It was complete. God says some things will happen. You believe it first. Don't be asking questions. How will it happen? Uh-uh. It's how terrible the world is today. With this one, this one, this one, this one. You do your own work first. Do your own fight. Do your own, do your own part of the battle. Do your own part of the war. And see what God will do. <laughs> it was not made to be two different things. 
Look at what they did. As we were fighting, they were building, they were attending to natural things. In one accord, one heart, one mind, one soul. This is the attitude to do God's work. That's why we will not give in to uh, uh, denominational discrimination. No. That is a plan of the devil on itself. Arguments that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Knowledge of God is unity, not separation. Hallelujah. So subtle, sounds so logical, but God's will be done. Hallelujah. So they use words. Today we use the word of God, the gospel. Does that sound like the word of the Spirit to you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We now use the sword of the Spirit. <laughs> you saw that they took out what? What did they take out there? Swords, spears, and bows, right? But today we have the word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. That word, the sword of the Spirit, is what we fight. It's what we used to wrestle. <laughs> Glory to God. We fight for the lives of men. It is a great responsibility. But we have all it takes. All it takes. Think about it. What if you had to walk to have the Holy Spirit? He has given you freely. You have all it takes. So you are fighting for the life of every single man. Life of every single man. Life of every single man. How? You are praying. In Luke 22, 31 to 10, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has sought to swift you as with. He has sought to make you immovable. But I have prayed for you. In verse 44, see how he was praying. Drops of sweat were like drops of blood. That is war. Not praying the Holy Ghost. He shouts. You are fighting. May not be carnal weapons, but spiritual ones are much stronger. Glory to God. Do you get it? Do you get it? Hallelujah. Jesus showed us that example. He fought. How was he able to finish his salvation work? In the place of prayer. Prayed all night. Place of prayer. Prayer, prayer, prayer. He was fighting. Preaching the word. Preaching the word. Matthew 9. Healing the sick. Here, 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 here. That was his wall. That was his building. Here, here, here. All over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We pray for the lives of men. Every single man. You are fighting for their life. For their eternity. For their growth. So they study the word. The word of God is the gospel curriculum. The word of God is a curriculum. That curriculum is the gospel. The gospel, that message is that point. Every other doctrine is drawn from that point. So we study it to be trained on how to preach. So how to raise more men to preach. God's vision. To be trained in how to build. How to fight. Building on a wall. In our local churches. 
And this is the path Timothy followed. As much as his mom, a believer too, must have contributed to his spiritual growth. He followed Paul. You know what it means to be a disciple of Paul? <laughs> I don't need to tell you that. Go and read these episodes. See what sustains even feast. Timothy, now the pastor of the Ephesian church. He followed that path. Disciple of Paul. Acts 16, 1-5. Read it. He followed that path. 2 Timothy 3, 14. Knowing from whom you have learnt them. Remember the things you have learnt. Paul was talking about himself. Quickly see that now. Open there. Remember the things you learned. Either from childhood, spiritual childhood, you have known the Holy Scripture. You grew to be wise in the theme of the Holy Scriptures. Salvation through faith in what God has done. So we saw the results. They built. They didn't give in to food in Acts 6. They didn't give in to... The truth is that as much as they didn't give in to food, the real play... The real game plan of the devil in these days, in this particular text, is that he wanted to cause strife and contentions. Just as it happened in the Corinthians. That was his real play. It was not actually even about food. Strife and contentions. They were not distracted by that. They said, no, 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 we will not leave the word of God and serve all this nonsense. We give ourselves continually to the ministry of prayer and the study of the word. See the results. Let's go back there. Acts 6 7. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient. That is the harvest. That is God's vision a multiplication of disciples doing his work all over the earth until there's no more space again. You look here, someone is getting sick. You look here, someone is getting healed. You look here, someone is casting casting out demons. You look here, someone is getting filled with the Holy Ghost. You look here, ah, oh, paralytic healed. You look here, ah, oh, cancer disappears. You look here, two more runs away. Ah, a madman getting healed in that street. Ah, ah, did the whole earth is filled. Hallelujah. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. I said last week, pray for your allies. You are fighting the same war. Pray for your allies. Pray for the believers. Remain steadfast. Immovable. Abounding the work of the Lord. We are fighting Marcos. Pray for it. 
disciples, pray for your leaders, pray for all your allies, the believers all over the world, the laborers all over the world, the missionaries, the men, they stand perfect and complete all the will of God. They are immovable, abandoned in God's work by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let's go ahead and give God thanks. Go ahead and give God thanks. Give Him praise. Lord, we are grateful. Though we are in this world, we are not of this world. Thank you for your spirit. We have all it takes to do your work. We will choose to be focused. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for this responsibility. Thank you for honoring me. Thank you for this privilege to do your will on the earth and make your name known and glorified. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Have you been blessed today? All right. All right. So just a quick announcement. Um, it's important to set your attention on raising disciples to do the work of the harvest. Who are disciples? Those that join you to preach, those that pray, those that study the word. You're just responsible for their spiritual growth. It gives you yourself a sense of consciousness. Uh, yes, I myself must do what I am telling others to do. That's how we are pushed, we are steered up, we are motivated to do more. So, you are preaching the gospel, you are raising men to also preach the gospel. So, wisdom, pray for wisdom, pray for boldness, pray for utterance to come by God's spirit. It's never natural. Never doubt God's power. Never speak in unbelief. Never be profane about the things of the spirit. Be attentive. Your church, you want to be trained today. Okay, so the briefing meeting, prayer meeting, never miss it. It's 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 a great one, a great encounter, a great training ground. You know, much more, much more. We'll get better at these things. Just be consistent, be persistent. Your personal lives ensure you are adding value to people's lives. Prayer meeting, the briefing meeting. Okay. Um, ensure you submit these answers in, on time to your admins. It's very important to see yourself trained. The reason why we do these things is because it will surely be done in every other gathering in the corners of the earth. So you can't run from it. <laughs> so now later it will be done. And if you are not used to it now, you find it difficult when that time comes. You get it. That's the truth, actually. If we want something to impact our world, it has to start from you. Okay. All right. Thank God for today. Thank God for today. Lord, we are grateful. We glorify your name. Hallelujah. 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 Right, let's have a good day. Let's have a good night. Let's take care of ourselves. God loves you. I love you too.